Hello, welcome to another edition of Doors of Heritage podcast. My name is Cindy and I'll be your host for this episode. As we continue our journey, we will be discussing St. John the Baptist Church. For this podcast, local historians Robert Honor and Stephanie Pouget-Papik will provide an overview of the building. Robert is a native of Amherstburg and retired from Parks Canada at Fort Malden National Historic Site of Canada. His interests are fine arts, architecture, and heritage. Robert is an artist, member of Amherstburg Heritage Committee, Bellevue Conservancy, and Architectural Conservancy of Ontario. Stephanie is a historian who studied history and education at the University of Windsor. Her current research examines culinary history, local history, and history of sexuality. She works in museum curation and is a member of two historical committees. Welcome to you both and thanks for joining us. St. John the Baptist Church is certainly an imposing building in Amherstburg. What is the background of Catholic worship in Amherstburg? Well, in 1796, Father John Baptiste Marchand was chosen as pastor of Assumption or Sandwich. The parish was a huge area, including all of Essex County and some of Kent County. Fort Amherstburg was in its infancy, and there were only two or three Catholics. Between 1797 and 1800, it was decided to establish missions on the Thames River and at Amherstburg. On May 1st, 1800, Bishop Pierre Denot decreed that the patron saint for the Thames River would be St. Peter, and for the Amherstburg mission would be St. John the Baptist. Construction of a chapel at Amherstburg, or Malden as it was known, began about the spring of 1802. The first baptisms were recorded in June of 1802. This chapel was located on Bathurst Street. We don't know exactly where, nor, nor do we have a description of the building. But almost a year after the end of the War of 1812, Bishop Plessy paid a visit to the Western District. In his journal, he noted that the 12-year-old St. John the Baptist Chapel was situated at the southern boundary of the town. There was also a small, fairly well-built rectory and a small cemetery. Amherstburg boasted 300 members. By 1820, there were over 500 Catholics in the Amherstburg Parish, and new facilities were needed. We have record of a second chapel being built on Bathurst Street. The question that we don't know is whether it was a completely new building or if it was the original building that was enlarged and remodeled. The chapel was described as being built of logs placed vertically. This would be similar to the original log St. Joseph Church in River Canard. In an 1820 plan of Amherstburg, the public burial ground is shown as divided down the middle from north to south. The western half was still used for public burials, the northern end for military internments, and the east half along Bathurst Street was the site of the Roman Catholic Chapel and the cemetery. This second church was at the south end of Lot 26 facing Simcoe Street, 
almost back to back with Christ Anglican Church built in 1819. So the St. John the Baptist Parish goes back to 1802. It is very old institution in town, but the church isn't on Bathurst. Is it on Brock Street? What ensued? In January of 1834, William Bertsey and the Honorable James Gordon, on behalf of the Amosburg Catholics, petitioned the government for property on which to build a new church. On the 31st of January, 1834, Crown Land, bounded by Brock, Gore, Kemp, and Richmond Streets, was granted. The property contained five acres exclusive of 30 feet for Murray Street passing through the lots. In 1836, 115 tons of stone was delivered on site, donated by the Wyandots from their quarry in Anerdon. Construction was to start in 1837. Between 1838 and 1841, settlement was rapidly increasing and Amherstburg had become a bustling village. In previous podcasts, we have talked about the growing economy of the 1830s and 40s and looked at major commercial developments along Dalhousie Street. St. John the Baptist Church was part of the same development, although construction of the church seemed to progress slowly. The foundations of the new church had been laid, but by 1843, nothing further. By 1844, funds were acquired and work began on raising the walls and roof. The building was large with side galleries. It was a simple schoolhouse shape with front gable, no bell tower yet. Father Bouet passed away October 11, 1845, and was the first internment under the sanctuary of the new church. In 1918, extensive excavations beneath the church were necessary so that a new heating plant could be installed, and Father Bouet's remains were removed and interred in the present St. Jean the Baptist Cemetery. In 1845, work continued on the new building, but it was also being used at the same time. What became of the chapel on Bathurst Street is unknown. It may have been dismantled for use in the new building, and there may still be parts of the building encased in the house that stands on that property. In 1850, the new church, which had been used for five years, was still unfinished. A new rectory was built near the church, the funds coming from the sale of the Bathurst Street property. So St. John the Baptist Church had moved to Brock Street. I wonder why they would leave the downtown area. That's really a good question. Likely they felt the Bathurst Street location did not give them enough land for expansion. They got over five acres on Brock Street. Also, this placed the church at the top of the town, centered between the two main streets, Murray and Gore, leading up from the harbour. Upon arriving in Amherstburg, one would look up the streets and be met by the view of a monumental and beautiful Catholic church, especially once the tall bell tower was completed. That's right. The bell tower was not there yet. What is the story of the bell tower? In September of 1856, Bishop Pinsonion blessed the first stone for the proposed bell tower at St. John the Baptist Church. However, it wasn't until 1863 that work began on the 30-foot addition to the church. The task of completing the bell tower fell to Reverend P. D. Laurent in 1868 and 69. During his first years, 
Here, the beautiful stone church with its massive tower and spire was completed. The bells and apparatus were by Menlees of Troy, New York. The two bells were reached by a series of seven ladders and rung by pull ropes and manpower. In 1988, the operator realized by having the bells operated electronically. St. John the Baptist Church was completed under Father Laurent. Wow, that's an amazing story of a building 25 years in the making. What are the architectural attributes of the church? St. John's is a monumental stone building with neo-Gothic details. It faces a plaza at the top of the town centered between Murray Street and Gore Street and was framed by St. Anthony School to the south and the convent or St. Joseph Academy to the north. The sanctuary is the largest gathering space in Amherstburg, accommodating the Windsor Symphony at Christmas time. A beautiful chancel extends to the east and the west front includes the narthex and the majestic bell tower. The sanctuary has tall Gothic windows with stained glass and the west front features most of the neo-Gothic details, including two tall Gothic doors flanked by two Gothic windows. The stonework around the doors defines a Gothic arch in a tall gable surmounted by a stone cross with a rose window above. The tower extends another level higher with two tall slender Gothic arches with louvers. This is topped by a tall steeple surrounded by pinnacles. The proportions of the bell tower and steeple to the building are very tall and slender. Stone detailing includes finials at the corners midway up the tower and on the top of the pillars between the windows of the narthex and porches. I think we certainly do have a fine piece of architecture here in Amherstburg. Have there been many changes since it was completed in 1869? Yes, a lot has been done to the church over the years. Everything from new roofs to repointing the stone. Interior decoration has been continually updated. New altars replaced the old. A new heating system under the floor caused the removal of burials to the cemetery on Malosh Road. Donations from stained glass windows to statues have been seemingly continual. Vatican II precipitated the painting over of frescoes and removal of statues. And the installation of a new marble altar moved forward into the sanctuary needed structural modifications. Major exterior changes would include the addition of the new parish center, which connected the church to the rectory, and of course many may remember the complete removal of the spire to the front lawn and the rebuilding of the bell tower in the early years of this century. The building has maintained its heritage value and is one of the buildings in Amherstburg designated under the Ontario Heritage Act. Well, that sure is a wonderful story, and I'm just, I'm reminded often about just how important this feature has been in town when you're walking through and you hear the bells or just going to the symphony at Christmas time. I'm wondering if either one of you have special memories to share. I think one of my favorite sites is when I'm coming back into town, uh, driving on Low Side Road, and it, you still get that old time scene where you have the field just on the south side of the quarry and the trees and just peeking above the trees is that steeple and I absolutely love driving that way every time. 
That's great stuff. Thank you. Robert, how about you? Any special memories? Well, I, I always found it an impressive building. And when I have done my tours of Amherstburg, like bus tours of Amherstburg, I always stop and people get off the bus there. And uh, everyone is just amazed at the church. It's like going to some medieval city in Europe and visiting a Gothic cathedral. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's really a, a wonderful uh, addition to, to the town. Uh, one of the things that was quite memorable for me was a few years ago, they were doing archaeology around the old St. John the Baptist school that was beside the church. And uh, they said they'd found some tombstones. And so they, they took me down into the basement under the, um, under the chancel, I guess, at the, at the east side of the church. And they had these pieces of tombstone they brought in. And you wouldn't guess whose tombstone it was. It was Teresa Reynolds. Wow. Robert, Robert Reynolds and Teresa Reynolds, who built Bellevue. And, and she's buried underneath of where the school was. Like, that's where she was buried. And they found her tombstone. So, like, that was just kind of amazing to me since I've been involved with the, uh, the, the Bellevue story. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Robert and Stephanie. Everybody has memories of this fantastic gem, and we're just so pleased that it's being protected and honored. So thank you both for joining us tonight, and thank you listeners for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed learning the history of this building, and thanks to everybody, all of our guests, and all of those who are helping to document our our heritage. And we're just looking forward to the next time. So we hope that you enjoyed walking through the doors of Heritage with us. And until next time.